and welcome to Crossview Radio Weekly Podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, today's podcast is the third in a series on undoing your public education. And it should be stated here today that these false assumptions that we have been seeking to undo are not unique to the public education system. In fact, even if you never have attended government schools, it's very likely that you have unconsciously absorbed these secular values without even realizing it. These values have seeped into the very fabric of our beings because we can't go anywhere without these values being reinforced by the media, movies, television, politicians, and everywhere else in between. And so this series now becomes not only relevant, I think, for those who are in or have gone through public education, but really for everyone, uh, because these values seep in all around us. And so let's get right into the false assumption for today. This is the third one. And false assumption number three is this, life is an accident. Now, I don't have to tell you the predominant ideology promoting this false assumption, uh, that it is the theory of evolution, and I understand that some, perhaps, well-meaning individuals have attempted to wed Christianity and evolution, and so you have various models promoting various kinds of theistic evolution, and yet it remains that these two worldviews are uh, incompatible at their core. But what I want to focus on today is the consequence of teaching a generation of school children that their lives and the lives of their classmates are ultimately meaningless. If evolution is true, then nothing is immoral. In fact, if evolution is true, the word immoral makes no sense. It doesn't have any meaning in life. One expert uh, on the debates regarding German euthanasia prior to World War I, said this about evolution and the connection it has to devaluing human life. He said, by giving up the conception of the divine image of humans under the influence of Darwinian theory, human life became a piece of property, which, in contrast to the idea of a natural right to life, could be weighed against other pieces of property. It is the natural and logical outworking of Darwinian evolution to adopt an increasing disregard for human life. I'll be taking uh, a few quotes today uh, from the author Richard Weikart in two books that he wrote, uh, The Death of Humanity and also From Darwin to Hitler. And I really highly commend both of these books to you. Uh, and I want to use some of his remarks to help demonstrate the folly of this false assumption that we're looking at today. In his book, From Darwin to Hitler, Weikart writes this. He says, before the advent of Darwinism in the mid-19th century, there was no significant debate in Europe over the sanctity of human life, which was entrenched in European thought and law. Judeo-Christian ethics proscribed the killing of innocent human life. And the Christian churches explicitly forbade murder, infanticide, abortion, and even suicide. The sanctity of human life became enshrined in classical liberal human rights ideology as the right to life, which, according to John Locke, was one of the supreme rights of every individual. Only in the late 19th and especially the early 20th century 
Did significant debate erupt over issues relating to the sanctity of human life, especially infanticide, euthanasia, abortion, and suicide? Darwinism played an important role in the debate over the sanctity of human life, for it altered many people's conceptions about the value of human life as well as the significance of death. Weichart also says, just um, about a page away from this quote, he says, Recent scholarship on the history of the American and British euthanasia movements also emphasizes the pivotal role Darwinism played in devaluing human life and giving birth to the euthanasia movement. And then he says this, The earliest significant German advocate for killing the unfit was Haeckel, whose views on killing the weak and sick were, in his estimation, the logical consequence of his Darwinian monistic worldview. You see, there is a logical connection between the belief that life is an accident and the degradation of the value of human life. If you doubt this, then look at simply just a couple of examples of the compatibility between uh, Darwinian evolution and, and murder. Darwinian evolution is at the bottom of some of the most brutal murderers in recent history. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, a serial killer and cannibal, justified his brutal crimes by appealing to the logical and ethical consequences of evolution. He said, the theory of evolution is truth, that we all just came from the slime, and when we died, that was it. There was nothing. So the whole theory cheapens life. I agree with that. Eric Harris, one of the Columbine shooters, wore a t-shirt on the day of the shooting that said natural selection. He also wrote in his journal this, I say kill mankind. No one should survive. There's no such thing as true good or true evil. It's all relative to the observer. It's just all nature, chemistry, and math. Deal with it. The Finnish mass murderer, and uh, I'm going to butcher his name here, but Pika Eric Alvenin touted killing human lives and claimed that he was a natural selector. And of course, we could go on with other examples of how people uh, simply put two and two together. If evolution is true, and if natural selection is true, and if there's no God, and if there's no ultimate good or evil, then it makes sense to live your life as you want to, even if it includes some of these brutal things. The point is that these students are learning their lessons all too well. If we are not made in the image of God, and if we are uh, here by accident, then there's no reason why one ought to be moral. Indeed, there's no standard to even know what morality is to begin with. Morality is a Christian idea, not a Darwinian one. You see, when you teach a generation of children that there is no God and that life is ultimately meaningless, you shouldn't be surprised when they believe it and act on it. Add into the mix the Enlightenment values and Epicurean values of seeking pleasure as the highest good, and you have a deadly concoction indeed. I mean, just think of it logically. If you tell someone that there's no meaning, no purpose, no right, no wrong, and then you tell them that their happiness is the only thing that matters, you have the recipe for people to do anything they want to with no moral boundaries at all. You get people like Richard Dawkins, the famous atheist evolutionist. He has said, for example, that rape is not necessarily wrong and that he cannot say for sure that Hitler was wrong. 
You have, of course, Hitler himself, another example of what happens when you actually implement your beliefs in this area. Hitler was motivated largely by the eugenics movement, which was heavily, heavily influenced by Darwinism. Now, you may protest and say, uh, but there are plenty of evolutionists and atheists and people who believe that we are here by accident, and they're very decent people, and I do agree with you. You'll find no disagreement from me on that. But I would say that they are doing so inconsistently. Their behavior does not line up with their beliefs. Now, to be sure, I am thankful for the inconsistency, but it is an inconsistency nonetheless. The philosopher who lectures at university all day telling his students that life is meaningless and then goes home and kisses his wife testifies that although he says life is meaningless, he doesn't act like life is meaningless. The high school biology teacher who says that this world is a cosmic accident and that morality is just a product of evolution and, and, uh, that, that life ultimately doesn't matter, he still will go and give to charity. He does so inconsistently with his beliefs. These individuals do good, not because of their values, but in spite of them. You see altruism and generosity and care for the weak and the sick and self-sacrifice and all of those things are Christian values, Christian virtues, not evolutionary ones. You see, the evolutionist, as one person has said, steals lumber from my worldview in order to build his own. In other words, his worldview has no basis for morality, so he steals it from somewhere. He imports it from Christianity. They hijack Christian values into their worldview. But those Christian values coexist in that person's mind only under duress. Some secular psychologists will call this cognitive dissonance. Christians call it self-deception. These values, uh, these Christian values, are not compatible with atheism, evolution, or any other non-Christian way of thinking. Does this mean that thinking that we're an accident is an okay view to take? I mean, some people uh, coexist with these values that are clashing with one another. No, it does not mean that these secular values are safe or good. Because they are incompatible, because these Christian virtues are incompatible with the values of the evolutionists or the atheists, if you could even talk of them as having values, because they are incompatible, who is there to prevent the next generation from discarding them? And that's exactly what Weichart warns us of. In a section where he discusses the philosophy of B.F. Skinner, he says this. He says, the behaviorist psychologist B.F. Skinner, for instance, insisted that those believing in free will and human dignity are not only misguided, but are dooming humanity to a miserable existence of war, poverty, greed, and ultimately destruction. What Skinner and other environmental determinists do not seem to understand is that stripping humans of their dignity and value paves the way for those willing to ride roughshod over humane considerations. Rather than saving us from misery, as most proponents of environmental determinism clearly hope, it results in further degradation. In other words, what Weichardt is warning us of is he's saying that even if you don't kill people because of your evolutionist values, you pave the way for the next generation to do so because your value system has nothing in it to prevent that. So even though you may not be a mass murderer, you equip others to be mass murderers. Take God out of the picture and you have moral chaos. 
Malcolm Muggeridge, a Christian journalist from the 20th century, wrote, If there was no God, nor any transcendental purpose in the experience of living in this world, then a human being's life would be no more intrinsically sacred than that of a broiler house chicken, which, if it stops laying eggs or is otherwise incapacitated, no longer rates its allowance of chicken feed and has its neck wrung. Weichart comments and says this, In most Western societies, we have opted for more democratic forms of killing, such as abortion, infanticide, and euthanasia. On a smaller scale, some mass murderers in Western societies, such as the Columbine perpetrators, have been influenced by secular philosophies to despise humanity and scorn prohibitions against murder. Why not kill people, they reason, if we are all just meaningless blobs of protein and it will give them a thrill? You see, the claim that life is an accident is a false assumption that has been responsible for more carnage in the last two centuries than can possibly be tallied. And yet we haven't learned our lesson. Why do we tolerate these values? Perhaps it is because unconverted man is, as the Bible teaches, at enmity with God, and we'd do anything to erase him out of the picture, even if it means erasing ourselves. My daughter's favorite verse is Ephesians 4.32, which says simply, be kind to one another. The secular philosophies that teach we arrived on this earth by accident can't possibly give us a single reason why we ought to obey Ephesians 4.32. There is no moral foundation in Darwinian evolution, only confusion. What's the cure? It's Christ. And that is exactly how Weichart concludes his book. He says this at the end of his book, The Death of Humanity. He says, thus, I consider Christianity the proper antidote for the death of humanity. And I can agree to that. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.